0: The reading this morning is taken from 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. The Living Stone and a Chosen People As you come to him, the Living Stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, Which is also what they were destined for. But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now You are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, good morning everybody. Can you hear at the back? I hope so. Okay. Somebody prayed for me this morning that I would have the voice of Jesus. Excuse me if I have to have a bit of help here. What an amazing passage of scripture we've just had read to us, haven't we? Well, we're going to start at the beginning of it, the beginning of the chapter, where Peter tells us what we need to do before we come to this living stone. So if you've got your finger in the scripture passage, you can see where we've got to. Before you decorate a room, you need to clear all the decks. And so it is with our Christian walk. We were told, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. And then we are to understand that we shall have unrestrained hunger for God's word. Now, it says here, rid yourself. Nobody else is going to do it for you. If you're going to get serious with God, you've got to do your part. Rid yourself. Then you will have unrestrained hunger for God's word. I've got a lovely picture in my mind of a little baby. You know what children are like? Tiny ones. They can't tell you anything, but they sure can let you know. When they're hungry, arms are going, legs are going, A 100 megawatts of sound is coming out. They are hungry. How hungry are we for the word of God? So having done that, what do we do? We do some growing up, and we have to understand then how good is our God, it says. But to whom are we coming? We are instructed to come to him, the living stone. Who is this living stone? The stone was a very familiar image to the... the Jewish folk, Isaiah speaks a lot about the stone, the Lord Almighty, he will be a sanctuary, a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. Many of them will stumble and fall, and be broken. And it talks a lot in the Psalms too about the Lord, my rock. Peter, after all, was called Rocky, wasn't he? Cephas, the stone, the rock what we would call rocky today. The stone, of course, is Jesus, rejected by men, but chosen and precious to God. He is the foundation of the church. And we build upon this foundation. It's unshakable, stable, reliable, and what better foundation could we have Remember what happens when you build on sand. Years ago, we went to a Bible class called Crusaders, and we used to sing a chorus, some of you may know this, build on the rock, the rock that ever stands. Oh, build on the rock and not upon the sands. You need not fear the storm or the earthquake shock. You're safe forevermore if you build on the rock. I can't sing it to you, I'm really sorry. I'm sure you're glad. (laughs) So this is the person upon whom we are to build. What are we to be? We are to be living stones that make the building founded on God. Now this is a corporate undertaking. One stone does not make a temple. One stone does not even make a wall. In our individualistic society, it's so easy to forget our interdependence with other Christians. We are in God's family to work together. That game was a great thing, Kate, showing how you know, everybody's different, but we need one another, don't we? That was a good example. And we are being built, it says. This is a continuous, present continuous situation. We are being. We haven't arrived, or we won't, will be. We are being built, which is wonderful. And it won't be perfect, this building, until we get to glory and see him face to face. So that's what we are to be, living stones. Well, now, what are we to do? We are to be part of a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices on behalf of those who as yet have not accepted Jesus into their hearts and lives. In Old Testament times, the people could not enter into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go, and that once a year. And by sacrificing an animal that was a perfect specimen, and by spilling its blood, forgiveness was gained. Or, The other way that was often used was by putting the priest's hand on the head of a scapegoat, this is where the phrase comes from, isn't it, a scapegoat, and then confessing the sins of the people and sending him out into the desert to die. This was the old covenant Well, now we are under the new covenant. Jesus came with the sole purpose of dying in our place, taking our sin on himself and then rising again and returning to his father so that now there is no need for ritual sacrifice. Jesus died once and for all people and for all time. What love is this? Now we are under this new covenant and the old has gone. So what is our task as priests? I've written down a few and there are probably several more that you can think of. Number one, to reflect the holiness of God as our high priest. Now if you were to live up our lane in Bicton, it's a farm lane. And this time of the year, we are rich in mud. And most people's cars do not have reflectors anymore, they have mud packs. Well now, I know mud packs are useful but not for reflectors. So how's your reflector? Is it shining or is it worthless? Second, to reconcile God to man by life and by word, wherever opportunity is given. Third, to pray for those who have never, ever prayed Or who find it a really strange concept that you can actually talk with God. And four, to be his ambassadors wherever we are. Have another look at verse nine. You are chosen, you are royal, you belong to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Why do we live so often as though we'd never received anything? God forgive us when we have all of heaven's resources at our hands, that we don't avail ourselves of them. So how does this affect our attitude to our church? Try some of these suggestions. Pray before the service for the leader, the speaker, the musicians, the technicians, that nothing will detract from the worshipping of God, which is the reason we've come. We haven't come to be entertained. Somebody once said to me, when I go into church, I just put my head down and I say, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Now that's terrible, isn't it? What do you do? Do you say anything? Or do you just think, I better do this? Pray before the service starts. Pray the hymns and the songs. Look at what you're singing. Are we singing what we believe? Pray for the preacher, especially today, please. (laughs) Their responsibility is awesome and huge. Pray for the communion. We've had communion this morning at nine o'clock. Very easy for your mind to go disappearing down some alley. And pray the end. Not for the end, but pray the end. Let God speak to us before we rush off and speak to somebody else. Be sensitive to any of the needs around you and then go in peace to love and serve the Lord in his name. We say this every week, so we need to go and to do it, not leave it to others that we misguidedly feel are better at it than we could be. Did you notice what it said? It said go in peace, not stay here in peace, or spend your time only with other Christians in peace. So where are we to go? Have a look at your diary this week. What have you got on? Here is a glimpse of a week in the life of Chris. Monday, golf. Lots of people to listen to, share with. Seekers group in the evening, which is a little group of Christians that gather from the Bicton Loop churches, where we fly off to on a Sunday morning normally. So they come on a Monday night. Tuesday, prayer time here. Visit a housebound lady on the way home. Shops. Take a patient to the surgery and home. Committee meeting. Wednesday. Take an elderly lady out for coffee to friends, small group, sometimes in our home. Thursday. Go to Birmingham on a coach for a concert. Friday. Shopping. Clean the house. Drive Rob to minister at Welshpool at a mission. Saturday. Get in the garden if it's possible and dry. Sunday church times two sometimes times three now in all those places are people and you are a living stone or does your stone die when it goes out from here there are people to listen to people to be with so many with whom we rub shoulders some lead overwhelmingly sad lives some are very lonely some are depressed now how good it is for us to have the Lord with us as we listen with his ears and love with his heart. Maybe you're unable to get out because you're infirm or you have family ties. We had a friend called Betty Stanley. She was a great lady. She was a bedridden soul and she couldn't get out at all. But she had the most amazing ministry on the phone and with cards and a lot of people called her Mrs. Barnabas. She was a real encouraging lady. There are lots of things wherever we find ourselves that we can do for others. What about the mums who gather at the school gate? What about the people we meet at the clinic? Or in the doctor's surgery? Do you know, when we were in the Isle of Man, you'd walk into the surgery and everybody would say, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm fine doing in here go but you come into the surgery here Oh, don't look look down don't speak it's so funny why will not people talk to each other maybe they're just consumed with their poorliness but sometimes somebody would just love an ear be aware and even if you're going through a really tough time of grief or tragedy do you know the most healing thing is to go out to other people Now, I have proved this to be quite, quite true. God is amazing. Now, let's return to what we've read in the scripture. See, I lay in Zion a stone, chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare his praises, who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Jesus and the cross are stumbling blocks to lots of people. Now why do you think this is? There are probably as many reasons and excuses as there are people. But I feel it has to do with the idea that some people think that becoming a Christian is a sign of weakness. Oh dear, you need a crutch, you poor thing. I've got my own life, it's mine, I could do with it what I like. I suppose it's all right for you if you can't manage. But Jesus' kingdom is upside down. It doesn't seek to be acknowledged out loud. It doesn't seek powerfulness and applaudance of men. He came as a servant, not an all-powerful conqueror. His weapons were love and gentleness and patience and obedience to his father. Now ours are to be the same. And you know, we're not alone in the battle. We have his Holy Spirit and we have each other. He will come again as conquering king to reign over the whole earth. And like the 10 foolish virgins who ran out of oil before their Lord came, all who have rejected him will have no place in that kingdom. In verse eight, Peter tells us that they stumble because they disobey the message, which is what they were destined for. We've seen that if we are truly the Lord's, we are chosen, which leads us to believe that some people are not chosen. But this is not an excuse for not praying for our neighbours, our acquaintances, and those we do not know. God is not willing that any should perish. Christianity was never meant to be exclusive, but very inclusive. So how do you fit in in this plan of starting again with the church? Do you come out of habit? Do you come to see and make judgments on what people are wearing? Or how they behave? Do you come to criticise the minister? Or the music? Or do you come because you've seen something in someone that you want? And you wonder what it is? I hope that first and foremost You come to worship our amazing God and let your living stone grow with others into a holy temple. You are not to struggle alone. God has given us each other. Amazing. Has all this passed you by? Then the best thing you can do is to realise that Jesus died to pay the debt for your sin because he loves you to bits and he wants to share his life with you and to guide your steps in the way he's planned for you and to assure you eternal life which starts here and now and goes on forever. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life and then welcome to his family And join with us as we grow together and share this fantastic news with all with whom we meet. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, make me today your ambassador to all I meet. Be in my thoughts, my words, my work, my leisure, my chance encounters and my dear friendships. May my lips speak the messages of Christ. My hands do the work of Christ. My life proclaim the love of Christ. Give me reverence for each person I encounter to see their needs, listen to their fears and be a channel of your healing power to them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.